are trying to do an interview here, right with me. I can see by the look in your eye you want to get a bigger piece of the pie. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for a week of August 2nd, 2020. This is episode 95. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages and words from our friends and sponsors. Hey Matthew, Jim Hill here. I do the Marvelous Disney Podcast with Aaron Adams over at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. I know, I know, very humble sounding name. Uh, anyway, I really enjoy what you've been doing over on the Disney Marvels podcast. Uh, but as you probably already noticed, the Marvel Us Disney and the Disney Marvels podcast names are very, very similar. Which is why I imagine I keep getting mail for you. Um, that's actually why I'm calling today. I wanted to know what you'd like me to do with all of these Yankee Candle catalogs. Uh, so uh, please get back to me. Uh, oh, and uh, keep up the great work with the Disney Marvels podcast. Thank you for those kind words, Jim. And make sure to check out Jim Hill on the Marvel Us Disney podcast with Aaron Adams to find out all sorts of wonderful things about Disney, well, Marvel uh, particularly, what's going on with them. And Jim, uh, those catalogs, I'll make sure to give you the forwarding address. And uh, unless if you want to order something, go right ahead. And once again, make sure to check out Marvel Us Disney with Jim Hill and Aaron Adams, wherever you find or listen to your podcasts. And now, on with the show. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? this year i because disney plus made an announcement a small announcement well let's say it was a long extensive tweeting announcement that a certain group will be coming back to muppets or coming to disney plus uh shortly or in this case they already have this is muppets now is the brand new muppet series following up from the the movies the the former abc series they now have their own streaming series, which is absolutely brilliant. And to, I could not think of anyone better to talk to it with than, of course, our good friend Matt Leonard. But just to make it even more enjoyable, because not one Matthew or Matt is enough, two is still not enough. I decided we needed a third Matt on the show, no other then Matt Vogel, the man who knows the Rainbow Connection like the back of his hand, and every 80s track out there in reference. Matt, thank you for coming on board. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, pleasure to have you on. And Matt Leonard, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing quite well. Thank you for having me back. It's, it's an honor to be here. Oh, honor's all ours. Honor's <laughs> all ours. <laughs> So as I mentioned, Matt, uh, you just launched uh, Muppets Now, fantastic right. series. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's. Uh, 
I, I really enjoyed it. I was watching it with my daughter and she was cracking up. Oh, good. That's that's what we want. You know, we want you to be able to watch this with your family. So mission accomplished. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And uh, just she's writing that perfect demographic. She's 14. So you're hitting that uh, teenager segment. So, Fantastic. Uh, you know, let, let the ratings know that, you know, they got you're getting good marks. Very good. I'm going to make a note of that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know that I'm in charge of the ratings. Oh, excellent. Oh, it's really hard. <laughs> I don't know how to, what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll figure it out. See, I, I, I can only count up to five on two hands. <laughs> or in Muppets' case, is I guess six on two hands, right? Three on each. <laughs> Depends on the Muppets. Yeah. Usually four. But yeah. So um, let me start it off. Let me go, go back to the beginning. Because right. I, I want to I talk about you because you're my guest and um, your career is fantastic from where you began to where you are now. So how does a guy from Kansas break into public tele- television and puppetry? Well, it, it is a long story that involves a little boy who makes puppets when he is a kid because he's obsessed with The Muppet Show and with mm-hmm. Sesame Street. And it moves to that kid growing up a little bit and becoming an actor, deciding he wanted to be an actor. And then further, that kid wants to be an actor, so he moves to New York. And the short version of that story is that when I was moving to New York, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, Kelly, saw an ad in the backstage newspaper that said, Do you measure up to be a Muppet? And it was a picture of Kermit the Frog. And they were looking for somebody my height, my weight, left-handed, which I am, uh, but I'm a right-handed puppeteer. <laughs> and so I answered the ad. And I, from that ad, I kind of I got in the door. I met John Henson, Jim's youngest son. And he brought me on to be the, his understudy. His understudy for a, a, a real-world version of a CG Coca-Cola polar bear. And that was my first gig with the Jim Henson, uh, with Jim Henson productions now, Jim Henson company. And, uh, I would, I would sub in for John when he, uh, was unavailable and I would go to, you know, different, uh, supermarkets or different Coca-Cola events. And I would meet people in this giant Coca-Cola polar bear puppet. And that's really how I got in the door. And from there, I, uh, I did some workshops with, uh, with Kevin Clash and, and Camille Bonora and, uh, and Jim Martin and some other puppeteers. And I was then, uh, asked to come in and audition for Big Bird. Wow. That's kind of, that's kind of how it, how it happened. That's the short version. So you, you and Kelly ever look back and think of the irony of that picture to what you're doing now? Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It's crazy that that happened all of those years ago and that it was a, this picture of Kermit. And now here I am, uh, you know, taking care of that character. And what an honor that must be. Um, yeah, it is. You know, it's humbling to play Kermit. And it's um, I'm not going to lie. It is a big responsibility. Um, but you can't really be thinking of that when you're playing the character. You just have to play the objectives of the character like any actor would do. But it, it is a big responsibility. So much of that character is Jim Henson. 
and and um, my goal, whether it's Jim or whether it's Carol Spinney who played Big Bird or Jerry Nelson who played the Count and countless other characters, and uh, or Richard Hunt who's another guy who's a character that I've you know I now perform. My goal is to honor that Muppet performer's original performance as best as as best I can, while while still letting that character grow and evolve and live. Um, that's that's kind of my my goal. And yeah, you, and you've done it so wonderfully too. I I can tell you that for me as a Muppet fan, Jerry Nelson is one of my favorite performers within the company. And I remember being very conscientious years ago watching a bunch of his characters and thinking nobody's ever going to fill this guy's shoes. And you've come in and across the board, you've nailed Floyd. I don't even know. I don't even think about, oh, it's the new guy doing Floyd. Count is just so note perfect. I don't even think about it. And what you've done with Uncle Deadly, (laughs) you ran the ball right into the end zone and done a little dance with it. You've gotten further with that character it's the funniest. You've made Uncle Deadly the funniest character to come along in probably 20, 25 years. Oh, that's very nice. Very well, kind of you. Really a resurgence of that character. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that? What'd you say? Uh, so really, it's more of a resurgence of that character because he kind of just he went away. Like he Muppets did. That, uh, Muppets Tonight was n- almost non-existent. Yeah, he. I don't even remember seeing him on Muppets Tonight, but he was on the Muppet Show in a few episodes, and you know, as the vaudeville, as the actor, as the uh, as the actor, as the Phantom of the Theater. But then also yeah. he would he would also be in some acts as kind of the villain, and um, and I, I talked briefly with Jerry about this about Uncle Deadly. There wasn't even thought that I would be playing that character, and uh, he mentioned John Carradine the actor a famous actor who just had this big rich voice this just this massive voice and this is coming from jerry who had an amazing voice his voice is just was so rich and beautiful and i, and I was a big fan of jerry's work and of his voice and his vocals as well but him to hear him talk about you know how he had this he was a, he, one of his heroes was this other actor who had this amazing rich voice was pretty cool yeah it's always interesting to hear of people that you idolize and think you do your craft so well and then here are the people that they look up to and that they aspire to because there's always someone that you know um that even like jim henson there was people that he looked towards and he he was aspired by um so to hear who these people are it's always an interesting and kind of brings it down to earth yeah it really does that, that kind of connection that wow they they I think they're fantastic and they do their job perfectly, but they see beyond that and they think of someone else in the, in the, that same aspect. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, taking on such iconic roles, Kermit, Big Bird, Count, Found, Count, Count uh, Sweetums, all these wonderful characters. I mean, how much of a burden is that on you from day to day at times to times? It's not a burden really. I mean, it's, you know, and maybe burden is the wrong word, I think, but um, I'm sure you go ahead. I was going to say the, the, the challenge of, of, be, of being truthful to that character. What are the challenges yeah. of being truthful to those characters? Thank you. Well, you know, Kermit has been around since Kermit's been around since 1955, you know, and my Kermit growing up was Jim Henson. 
my big bird growing up was Carol Spinney. My count was Jerry Nelson and so on and so on. And now, and now there's a whole generation of kids whose count is actually me. Um, and I realize there, there's a whole generation of people whose Kermit is Steve Whitmire and I get it and that's okay. You know, I don't hold, there's, I, there's, I, there's nothing I can hold against them for that, but yeah. it's my job to do the best that I can to do my version of Jim's version of Kermit. That was the directive. That was the direction that was, was told to me. Uh, I, I want to honor that. I want to honor that with every character that I play. And it's not a burden or it's so much as, as, uh, and I'm sorry, you, you said it's not a burden, but what are the challenges? <laughs> yeah. But, but those are challenges is, you know, you want to, you want to meet expectations. You want to, you want to be, uh, you want somebody to see Kermit or Big Bird or the Count or whom, whomever and go and not notice, not, not really notice and not go, Oh wait, that's, not quite right and it's a little bit different in puppetry i think because you know there's a whole other set of skills that are happening that isn't that is not that doesn't have to do with the voice right there's there's the manipulation there's the acting part of it there's the camaraderie with your fellow muppet performers there's uh just a whole host of other things that are that are stacked upon each other that hopefully if they're all stacked nice and neat, you come out of it, come out of it with a character that, that makes somebody who sees something, they go, ah, that's Kermit. Or, oh, that's Big Bird. Yeah. I, um, it, it, to put people at ease that may say otherwise, it, you posted a video during this wonderful lockdown of Kermit performing Rainbow Connection, very basic in the... Yes. In the, I don't know where you filmed it, um, backyard or Kermit Swamp, as far as Kermit I know. Swamps. Um, if anyone had any sort of question, that is such a beautifully done rendition of Rainbow Connection. I just instantly fell in love with it. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> if you were to tell me that was not Jim, I, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> uh, in, in all honesty, because I, I absolutely adored it. It was, like I said, it was beautifully simplistic. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. I, I, it really means a lot for me. My, my buddy Lucas Ross played the banjo for Kermit on that, and uh, he's a great banjo player and a really great guy. And uh, we just ha had this idea in doing that video. I just. Well, first of all, it was inspired by that. There's a Steve Martin video of Steve just out in the woods during around during this time mm. or in March or something. And he just it, you can see it looks it's like he's put his phone on a tree or something and he just backs away from the phone and starts to play this beautiful banjo tune. Yes. And I thought, oh, I, God, I really should do that with Kermit. And, uh, you know, I went through the channels and asked if I could do it. And, um, and they said, yeah. And so I asked my friend Lucas to create a banjo track and, and, and we did it, you know, and I'm really proud of it. I mean, you know, it, it, nowadays there's a lot of rod removal. We do a lot of rod removal mm -hmm. with our shows and with our projects. And for this, we just really wanted it to feel 
authentic and in the moment and and like he just did it just now and just put it up on the internet right now that's honestly what it looked like so we didn't remove rods we just left it as it was yeah no it came out really well and i to be honest i sing my um i sing to my boys every night their lullaby is uh, a a segment of rainbow connection ah that's great five years now my my son that's strange because it's actually one of my son will actually request that to like when he doesn't do it often but when he does request it's that and then the the song from sesame street don't want to live on the moon those are like his two lullabies for uh for 19 years i have been singing i don't want to live on the moon to i have five kids so that's why (laughs) i'm not saying i love you 19 year old (laughs) yeah but but uh i but i have been singing that song to my kids that's their. That's the song that my wife and I sing when we're putting them to bed. Is I don't want to live on the moon. And we've done that since the oldest was, you know, born. Oh, that's oh, awesome! Great songs. So you know, yeah. you can't can't beat the classics. That's true. That's no, cool. no, just such wonderful songs. Um, yeah. yeah, I did sing that to my daughter a little bit, and um, I, I ended up going um, really singing to her just the uh, "You'll Be in My Heart." From uh, Tarzan, that w- that's kind of the song that I felt connected me to with her, especially since she's she's adopted. So the whole the you know, theory behind that song and in uh, what it means, um, I just felt was appropriate. Yeah. And uh, and my sons and I um, are both uh, biologically mine, and uh, I'm like, okay, well, that's my daughter's song. I need I need something else for them, and uh, so that's I, that's why I went with Rainbow Connection because it just it's such a a beautiful song it just got such wonderful lyrics to it and, it really uh, is it really it really it's a it's a great song uh as i actually had somebody on i think uh, my instagram they were like don't you they you know sent the masters something don't you are you ever tired of that song and i'm like no i'm not i can't i, I just can't i have the privilege of singing that song it is a great song and i'm and i love every opportunity i can get to sing it it's an honor it really yeah, is an honor to absolutely. be able to to do that yeah. Speaking of honors and performing, oh, so Matt, you want to go ahead? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Just go. What you say? I think you. I think you know where I'm going. I was going to go. Um, the Outside Lands Festival. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were you involved in that? I was. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We we had this special stage built for us so that you could so that you could see the at least Floyd and Janice. You could see them full body. So I don't know if you've seen pictures from it, but there, so we're all in black, we're in black hoods and black, you know, everything, black gloves and everything. So you can't really see us. You kind of can, but if it was at night, it would have been totally amazing. But we got an afternoon slot, but they made it so that, uh, so I had, um, I was puppeteering Floyd and I operated his, you know, the puppet, the head and also his feet to make him walk out and stand there. And then somebody else was doing, uh, the bass. For, for me but it was a it was a blast it was the energy from the crowd was was un, unbelievable it was so there was so much love that was just just shooting at all of us behind that we could feel it even though we weren't really s- totally seeing them because we were behind these uh these flats it was a great it was a great ride i, I would love to do that again someday it was really. I saw. I saw the video. I saw it when it streamed, and it was. Yeah. It was really one of the most exciting things I had ever seen. <laughs> I'd seen the Muppets done in a long time, because yeah. 
the characters really were actually it wasn't the daylight it was the smoke machine was your downfall but <laughs> yeah. other until the smoke machine yeah. set in i was sitting there going wait how are they doing that yeah and and to watch you know at one point janice and floyd go back to back and are kicking their legs in the air or to watch <laughs> just watch do do a saxophone solo yeah. and walk across the stage i was just it was yeah. amazing it was, <laughs> it was so much fun it was it was hard alive it they was lived. hard but it was fun and and they had built for us these special rigs for our arms because you know you got to hold your arm up and and they wanted us to kind of do back-to-back songs which you know doing one song is like you're you know you're done but you got to think you're it's not only the puppet but you're also carrying the puppet's instrument and right. so they had built a special rig jing gutnik had built these had these uh rigs built that would kind of support our arm as much as you would allow it to to support it and those were lifesavers for us Oh, I'm sure. I I saw some of the video as well. I didn't get to see it live, but um, that was incredible. Um, it really was. And I think it was kind of a testing ground, a little bit of a testing ground for the Muppets Take the Bowl. Yeah. I, I think that was kind of a little bit of that just to see, you know, what would, it, what would it be like if we brought these characters out in the real world in a live setting like this? Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could have seen the, the O2 performance particularly. Yeah, it was that was a lot of fun too. It's it's a you know the the Hollywood it's very similar to the Hollywood Bowl show. There's a little bit more, uh, you know, it's it's tailored slightly more for the for the UK crowd, but overall it's it's a lot of it is the same shows that we did at the Bowl. I'm somewhat of an Anglophile, so that that kind of works in my favor. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Mike Quinn says hi. Oh, hello to Mike Quinn. I love Mike Quinn. Yeah. We did an interview with him about a month ago, and and yeah. we, we had a lot of fun with him. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, he's a great guy, and he's he's. I mean, he's been around for quite. I think he's about 126. I think that's how old <laughs> he is. He's been around uh, forever, and so he's very old. No, <laughs> but he yeah. has. He's been around since he was a kid. Yeah, he, he's. I know he. Um, he was telling us how he started. He bribed his way onto the the sets in London. And yeah. uh, got to know Jim, Jerry, and um, all them, and Richard that way, uh, kind of being the background. They said, "Well, you're here anyway. Yeah. We might as well put you to work." That's right. Nowadays, that can't happen. But no, the rules are a little different now. But yeah, yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of videos, I found on the internet, I found this little one that um, uh, LO Cool J put up. Of his show lip sync battle yes i've never seen so much life out of uh, it or <laughs> i have but it's been years and de- well, decades really since i've seen so much life out of big bird and particularly in what i found was more amazing than big bird's performance uh, of both songs <laughs> the audience response and they're, they're not little kids i'm talking like yeah he's in 30 something year olds going wild for Big Bird, and then yeah. Elmo popped up, and Cookie Monster, and them going <laughs> completely bonkers for yeah. the characters. And here's Big Bird performing these songs. Amazing lip syncer. He's, he's fantastic <laughs> at that, and, and, and wonderful dancer. I, I like I said, I can't. Last time I remember, you know, thing was amazing seeing Big Bird on roller skates. Which yeah, I, I can't figure that one out. 
I can't do it. Or ice either. skating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that seems really tough. Um, uh, I'm, I'm amazed by Carol that he was able to roller skate and ride a unicycle, I believe, too. Both I, me, remember the roller. I, I have actually heard the most impressive thing, and uh, the most impressive thing that Carol has ever done, supposedly. Carol did, a, uh, did an appearance where he was doing Oscar being carried by Bruno on roller skates and he did he had to do like oscar and bruno at the same time while he's on roller skates i buy it i think he i have no doubt that he did it (laughs) i i wow i'm i can't remember that i i I remember bruno the few times on yeah obviously that that's that's quite a little setup there but uh yeah i mean but you know that lip sync that lip sync you were talking about you yeah. know, I had to learn the dance. I had to learn the, they, I got a video and, uh, I, I, there I am in my hotel room in Los Angeles, uh, running the video back and back and back and just trying to re- replicate the steps of the dancers. And when I, and, and this is before I had met them and I came in that morning cause you're there kind of the whole day and I, and I came in that morning to work with the dancers and, uh, they said, well, do you want to, do you want to try it? Or do you want us to show it to you? And I said, I'll, I'll just try it. I'll jump in. And I did it. And they were, uh, and it, just as me, it was just me dancing with them with my arm up in the air without big bird on. And they were, uh, they all, they all, they all lost it at the end because they were like, Oh my gosh, you were so prepared. And I was like, it doesn't, not usually that <laughs> it doesn't usually happen, but this felt like I needed to really be prepared to dance. Yeah. Uh, Cause that was, that was in some intense dancing that big bird does, but I, was, I was wondering, like, were you just coming out that with on the spot, you know, just getting into the music and just going oh, no. crazy with it, or how rehearsed was and, and to was rehearse, rehearsed. like you said, to rehearse in that cause big birds, an awkward position. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is, and it's, uh, so we, here's the secret of it. I'll tell you guys, I haven't really told anybody, but the secret of it, when we were shooting uh, uh, the the song, that song, the uh, mm-hmm. I Got a Feeling song, uh, we shot it in three pieces, because I said, I will never be able to make it from beginning to end. I will die. It, I won't be able to do it. My arm will die. So we picked through two spots to stop. So we did the beginning of the song up to a certain point and then picked it up again for the middle part and stopped and then picked it up for the ending again. But, but it's all one dance that, that I had learned that, that, uh, that they put together for me, which oh, was pretty cool. It's edited beautifully and everyone goes along so well that you'd never know. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job. And John legend came out to see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he and his wife, Chrissy are, are friends of the, of Sesame street, you know, and they bring their, yeah, uh, they brought their daughter there and, and she was there. Luna was there as well. And it was really, she was having a great time. It was fun. And Jason Schwartzman, who was my opponent was just a gem. He was such a great guy. He was so game to play and he's hilarious too. So it was so much fun playing with him. Well, you had to know he didn't stand a chance against you. Against the six-year-old giant <laughs> yeah, yellow canary. I mean, <laughs> yeah, answered the call, and he said, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, that's that's something else. Um, so before I go into Muppets now, Matt, you, you have anything for Matt? Uh, no, I'm no. good. 
Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Sorry. Actually, can we can we can we double back just a little bit? Because uh, you've taken on so many of you, Big Bird and and uh, so many of Jerry's characters. Could you talk a little bit about the two of them and and what you were able to gain from them and glean from them? Talk uh, about Jerry and 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 Carol. Carol, yeah. Yeah. So and Carol always treat. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, and and sort of just your general memories of them, because I think they both need to be talked about. <laughs> I agree, one hundred percent. So, so Carol uh, and his wife Debbie, th- Carol, they always treated me like I was their son, always. Uh, from the day I met him, kind of when I met him and and was introduced to him, and they said, "This is Matt Vogel," and his eyes lit up, and he was like, "Vogel." That that means bird in German. This might be the job for you. And I was like, oh, now I have to put the bird on and and, and like do an audition for you. Uh, but he was always so. The thing that I take from Carol is in his performances, he is an actor who is always very in the moment. He he's he's very in the moment, and and his performances his reads from take to take were different they were fresh and alive you know when he was feeling good you could feel he was feeling good when he wasn't feeling as good you know in a bad mood or whatever you could kind of feel that a little bit thankfully he was usually playing oscar on those days (laughs) uh but he was he just was very kind in and how he treated me and and in how he shared this character with me because there was a lot of time when we were kind of working you know hand in hand with that character where where I would be performing uh, Big Bird and then he would put the voice in later um, and he he trusted me he trusted me to do that I was going to take care of that character and um, you know and his wife Debbie is just a wonderful person and and I've never seen two people so much in love with each other and they have this tenderness and kindness and sweetness and playfulness that is so rare and that is just a beautiful to see and and then uh, and I'll I'll never forget that about about Carol and about Debbie and Jerry go ahead yeah go ahead Matt well and I was gonna well, I think it was gonna say, you know because I've met Carol a handful of times, and I think one of the things that struck me with him is that there, there is this kindness and this warmth that just surrounded him. And I couldn't help my, when I walked away, the, one of the first times I met him, I spent some time talking to him, and as I walked away, I couldn't help but think, you know, it takes a special type of person to play that character. It, it, there's so many ways that character could have gone wrong. He does it so right. Yeah. And it's almost kind of a, almost sort of a chicken the egg concept. Like, does this warmth and the humanity come from doing Big Bird for so many years, or does the warmth and humanity of Big Bird come from Carol? And I think there's a little bit of, there's a symbiotic relationship. I think they there. feed each other. Yeah. yeah, I think they fed each other over the years for sure. Because yeah. I, so I shared that with I was talking to one of the other Sesame Puppeteers, and I shared that, and they agreed, and then went. And he's Oscar, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, and then there's also the other side, which I think was also that, you know, he would bring that to the role. And then they kind of mixed, 
some of Oscar became some of Carol, and some of Carol became some of Oscar. How Feng Shui. And, yeah. and, uh, and Carol has also said that playing Oscar saved him years of therapy bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, you were, you were going to start talking about Jerry. And Jerry was just, uh, you know, he was just such a remarkable guy. He was such a great performer. I always, as you mentioned, Matthew, I always hear, hearing his voice and seeing him do these characters, whether it was, uh, you know, New Zealand or whether it was just a guy that came in like, you know, yeah. a football, he's playing a football, but it always just had this quintessential Jerry Nelson feel to it. I, I feel like the unsung heroes of the Muppets. I feel that his voices are so unique and his performances are so vibrant and bold and beautiful. And, you know, one of the things that I learned from Jerry is that he said to me, you know, uh, Sesame Street's great, but always have something that's your own that you create. And, and that stuck with me. Um, because Jerry always did, you know, there's a story about, you know, he, he had a place up in the Cape and he was up there for years meeting people, knowing people, friends with people before, before people even, and he never mentioned Sesame street and never mentioned that he was the count and they didn't know until, you know, they found out, but he was just that kind of guy that was, he had this life over here that was the Muppet life. And then he had his own life, his other life over here. That was music and having fun with friends and, and, um, having that thing that you can create on your own. That is your own is the, is the biggest thing that I learned from Jerry. The music part. So is that why, uh, you have, I, I saw some music videos on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a band, but that's not from Jerry. I mean, that uh, that kind of was uh, predated Jerry saying that to me, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's just this little band. It's just not really around anymore. It's just, you know, because we're all over the place. My buddy mm-hmm. Michael's out in L.A. A couple of the guys are in New York. One, uh, you know, one's in New Jersey. I'm I'm where I am. You know, it's just just. Uh, but it is something that every once in a while we'll get together and and make something create something awesome awesome I, I i just hearing you talk about that i remember when i was i was doing my due diligence and uh <laughs> checking these things out and, yeah. and uh those popped up i'm like interesting so he does i mean obviously you need to have some sort of music capability to be yeah in these performances that you do so why not it just seems natural it's like okay why why not have a band why why not go yeah. around performing why not yeah. And, and we did, we performed in New York a lot. We did, you know, we would gig out. Uh, and I was the, I was kind of the, I was the bass player as well as the singer, but I was the default bass player. I didn't know how to play the bass when they were like, you're the default bass player. I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, nobody else wants to play the bass. So you're playing the bass. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll learn how to play the bass. So, so is there some irony there that you kind of didn't want to be a bass player, you're now a bass player, and now you're Floyd? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Floyd's a heck of he's a, he's way cooler bass player than I ever was. That's the, for sure. Is that is that a help to you in in playing Floyd having that that ability and that uh, that skill? Mm. Or just the experience, even. You know, I mean, I think it's helpful a little bit to to have in what we do 
for me, I found it helpful to have a little bit of musical experience. I, I played trumpet when I was, you know, in, in, uh, in grade school all the way through high school. And I could read music because I, I had to learn to read music doing that in the school bands. And I played a little bit of piano. My aunt would t- try to teach me how to play piano, but it didn't really stick <laughs> and I didn't stick with it. And so it's, it's stuck with me. Uh, and I'm glad it did because it does come in handy. We do do a heck of a lot of songs and singing and stuff like that on Sesame street and with the Muppets and, and it's come in handy. I, I, I can imagine. Um, I want to bring it back to the Muppets a little bit. All uh, right. A couple years ago, when the Muppet movie came out, and you were involved in that, and then, by unpopular opinion, the Muppets Most Wanted, which is actually my favorite of the two, uh, came out. How yeah. was working in that to kind of start this bringing the Muppets back? Well, it's fun. It's fun to do a movie. It's really fun. It's hard work. But when you're working with the Muppets, it really makes it fun. And uh, working on the first Muppet movie in 2011, you know, there were there were some growing pains and trying to figure out how to work things with crew and with performers. And and it ended up being a really, you know, by three or three weeks in or four weeks in, we were all having a great time and and doing uh, nothing bad was happening prior to that. It just, you know. There's a little bit of uh, growing pains. Learning yeah. curve when you're working with the Muppets for the you know, yeah growing pains learning curve when you're working with the Muppets for the first time because you know there's a lot of things that we have that normal actors don't like monitors and you know <laughs> we have to see what the shot is or it doesn't work. And why is so this guy the lying get, on the floor? Right. <laughs> yeah. Can't his head go lower? No, that's it's as low as my head can go. <laughs> and that's as high as my arms can reach. But by the time we got to Muppets Most Wanted, uh, I kind of felt like we kind of were in a groove. And and I, I agree with you, uh, Matt, uh, Matthew, that Muppets Most Wanted, I, I feel like it's a funnier film. It's a funnier film for sure. Yes. Uh, I yeah. think that the Muppets, the first one, kind of tugs at the nostalgia a little bit more, whereas I think the second one is just a pure kind of a caper film, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, we're getting the band back together. The second one, yeah. well, we're back together. Let the chaos begin. Yes. And I, thought, I thought in the Muppets Most Wanted, a lot of the, the secondary characters were used so well, the, like just the payoffs of a lot of things. Uh, you know, like the the um, I'm trying to think. There was a thing with Bunsen and his bomb detector, which is introduced about a third of the way into the film, and yeah, it's yeah. a ha ha funny. No, it's the bomb magnet. That's yes. it. It's yes. a ha ha funny Bunsen and Beaker moment, and then to see that play out in the third act. Yep. It's great. Or to see, you know, the, the, the they do the ladder, and then you have Gonzo hooking the helicopter <laughs> with his nose. That's yeah. a joke. Thirty years in the making, you know. <laughs> and yeah, then, it was it was a blast. You know, Benson and his baby band helping the yeah. band. This is, this is fantastic stuff. Yeah, you know that was a funny that was a funny bit that uh, I just thought of this moment here uh, when you said Bobby Benson and the babies. You know, the, he they kind of become Ricky Gervais's uh, henchmen, kind of this little. <laughs> and and when we were shooting, there's a scene. Ricky won't care that I'm telling this story, but there was this scene when 
the camera is on Ricky and and on the backs of the heads of the babies when he comes into the safe or something. And when he came through the door, all of the babies would be like, we were just making we were making little sounds, you know, we were just cracking him up, like continually cracking him up to the point of where he was like, guys. Please don't say anything. Just pretend to say something. I'll never get through this. It's just too funny. And uh, you know, we had to we had to keep quiet. And it was uh, fun. He was such a great sport, and and I loved working with him because, you know, he he was a great audience for me <laughs> as Constantine. Uh, and if you look at any of those press uh, junket videos that that Ricky Gervais does with Constantine, Ricky is legitimately cracking up time and time again. It was so much fun. So let's talk about how did how did Constantine come to be, or how did you come to be Constantine? I guess is the better question. Well, there there was an audition, as there yeah. was for Walter in the first movie. There was an audition, and uh, and so there was an audition with James Bobin, the director, and you know he was already written as a Russian bad guy, world's most dangerous frog character, and. I don't know if it was really thought through how stupid he was. Um, I, I'd like to think that that was kind of us working on it and finding that character and realizing he really is an idiot. Like he's, he's not, he's, and that, that's what makes him really dangerous <laughs> is that he's so dumb. Uh, and uh, working on that with James and trying to come up with like, uh, and I had a I had a, a a dialect coach help me with the accent and uh, how much we would bend the accent to you know when he when he was trying to be his Kermit you know he started he always was being a terrible it was never intended to be like a, a legitimate interpretation of Kermit it just ended up being that you know he got slightly better at it as the film went on. You know, the thing is, none of the Muppets ever really realize, like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> what's wrong with his voice? I think they do say some version of that, but uh, creating the Animal catches on, I think. Yeah, Animal, of course. That makes sense. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the, so much no. fun to put together, though. And it was great to work on the set, too, and evolve him on the set and and find little moments on the set, too, with Ricky and with, with James. Yeah, I like the the forcible way that Constantine tr was saying Miss Piggy's name, is like oh, it almost had like a disgust to it. Like, yes. Oh, it's you. <laughs> and again, yeah. I think yeah. an irony he did not like it. We're terrible, but there's an irony of you. You know, you, your your whole career is kind of irony because your yep. your last name is Vogel and you're Big Bird. You're not a bass player, and now you're the great, <laughs> in my opinion, the greatest bass player. And then. You, you start out playing not Kermit the Frog, and that's now transitioned you into being Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's not lost on me. I I am aware, and uh, I'm just very grateful. Yeah. You know? Well, we're definitely yeah. grateful as well that you have now taken on these mantles, and you're you honestly you're doing so well with them. Oh, thank you. Thanks uh, a lot. Like I said, with with Big Bird, you brought in such a, a life back to the character that in, in not any fault of Carol's because I mean it's something we nobody has figured out how to fight is you get older and as you yeah. get older you just can't do things like you did 5, 10, 20 years ago um, and now you know you, you've been able to take it on and you've brought that life back to that character 
and count again you you just have this energy uh, anytime i see your your characters on screen um there, there is an energy to them that that conveys across um that just kind of you instantly gravitate to watch that character well and, thank you you know that really does come though from those original performers and i and i and i throw it all to them because that's that's what those characters were that those are the way that i play those characters is how i see and hear them in my head so and that comes from carol and from jerry and from jim and from richard but some credit does go to you as well <laughs> it's very kind you're of the, you. they're you know as beloved as they are you are now the one performing them so it, you know if it wasn't for you to be able to convey that, you know, it, it would not be there. Um, which I guess I will use that to swing it around to the newest thing, the Muppets yeah. Now. Okay. That, um, uh, you know, Kermit hasn't been in it as much as you would think Kermit is. I mean, he, he pops up here and there. He does a little photo bombing. Yeah. Uh, which I, I don't. There was that peculiar word. I meant to write it down and look it up to see if it was actually a word that he used to describe photobombing? Uh, I don't remember what it was. I, yeah. But I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's what that is. What's that? He sort of speeds through the word photobomber. Or, um, pho oh, photobomy. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I think we messed with that a little bit and said photobomy. Yeah, just to yes. try to find like what make it sound more... Professional. Uh, professional, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> photobomy, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great yeah, hobby for Kermit. He it's, hops in a picture, is. he hops out. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Yeah, it, it's a fun show. I We had a great time making it. We made it about a year ago. And, uh, you know, what I've been saying is I, I think it addresses the question of what would the Muppets comment on in the age of streaming yeah. and, and mm -hmm. reality television. So it's, you know, you get that. You get you have a like a cooking show, but it's seen through the lens of how Swedish Chef sees it. Yeah. It's it's twisted in some way, or or that interview show, um, up close, up close and personal, yeah. is uh, is an interview show, but something always goes wrong. It's not going the way you're thinking. I thought watching them, the up close and personal, the first one you guys did with Rapal, I watched it and I thought. This stands right up there with the original Muppet Show. I mean, it feels it's feels exactly like Kermit interviewing Julie Andrews or Kermit interviewing uh, I can't even Candace Bergen or something like that. Yeah. So well written. Yes. The character well, coming in and just creating chaos for this interview that Kermit's trying to do seriously. It, it's very well done. Yeah, it, it is, and I'm and uh, it, you know it is. There's a lot of there's like there's a lot of made up stuff that just kind of finds its way in there, which is what's beautiful about it is this, this kind of, there's a lot of improvisation that happens. I mean, you know, to a certain extent. And I do feel like there are things in this series that harken back to the zaniness of the Muppets. Um, something else I said early on was like, it's, but it's not the Muppet show. It's, a Muppet show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want people to be thinking, oh, they're doing the Muppet show again. You know, that would be great, but that's not what this is. This is a Muppet show, and you're still going to get 
all those characters that you love and they're going to be acting in the way that you want them to be acting and you can watch it with your family. Yeah. And that's what this show really is, I think. And it, it's hitting at a good time because it's so playful and it's good, clean fun. And, and yeah, we kind of need that right now. Absolutely. I think that's what the world needs. The, world's, the world needs more Muppets. <laughs> um, when I posted that, you know, when it was officially announced that July 31st was going to be the release date. Yeah. And I posted on the show's Facebook page, the responses uh, of people were just so ex- overly excited. And the thing got shared, seen by hundreds, thousands, whatever many people. Mm. Um, it, it just, people were eating it up and just could not wait. They were so happy. Oh, that well, good. You know, they were so thirsty and so ready. And I think, like I said, performances at uh, Outside Land, the... Um, even the lip sync panel, it shows that people lo- how much they care for these characters. They really do. There's a lot of love for the Muppets, and uh, you know we're we're all conscious of that, and we want to do projects that are going to reflect, you know, that we're going to meet the expectations of what our audiences are expecting from us. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, I, I even said to Matt uh, when we watched the the first after we watched the first episode, I said. This reminds me a lot of just in the style of the original Muppet show where you have Scooter kind of running things behind stage and it's all these little vignettes and skits um, yeah. of the characters uh, going on. I, whoever thought of Miss Piggy doing a fashion blog is brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty good. And Uncle Dudley being her uh, assistant, I, I guess would be the best way of putting it. Sure. <laughs> tormentor <laughs> yeah the, the way that he yeah. just kind of just kind of shoves her off and just kind of yeah i mean they're well, good in friends, her face but, it's alter uh, yeah. but at this you know um yeah, i agree I, yeah, there's a lot of great moments and and um and i'm really proud of that the stuff with uh with eric getting to work with eric as Piggy and and with me as Deadly is so much fun because they are a, I love the combination of Piggy and Deadly because they're both kind of full of themselves and they both feel like they're better than whatever it is they are doing in that current moment and yet they're stuck together. Yeah, it's meeting the diva with another diva. It's a counter diva. It is. Pretty it is much. kind of a counter diva. Yeah. He can kind of he can either acquiesce to her and yeah, yes, of course. Or yeah. he can, or he can meet it with an equally diva-ish. And the other thing, you've got a real tool there, in that Uncle Deadly is one of the few Muppets that can actually mumble the way he's built. So for him, I to... know, <laughs> I know, it's a great tool that I've been able to really, <laughs> really work to my advantage. But he is a great, he's a beautiful, great, he's a great puppet. Yeah, I love him. It comes across so well. And like I said, you guys just play off each other so fantastically. Yeah. Piggy asks you, what, what's my uh, your best feature? Oh, I would say my beard. Oh, you meant yours. Choose <laughs> oh, yes. uh, yeah. your words carefully. Everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a great combo. I love, uh, you know, and I get to you know do that with one of my best friends. So that's also fun. Uh, how, I guess... They say this show is unscripted. How unscripted, if I may ask, how unscripted is the show? Uh, so let me give an example of like the Mup Close and Personal episode. 
I think we had uh, questions, some questions. And uh, we had questions. And so I would try to ask those questions. And then I think we probably knew that there were going to be interruptions. I think you don't want to, you know, you don't want to surprise RuPaul that much. No. <laughs> you know, so that we kind of talked through what it was going to be, the the basic form of it. And then uh, we would work that and see how it turned out. And if we needed to tweak something, maybe we'd, you know, amp something up a little bit. But it is, there's a lot of improv within the guidelines of like the questions that we're asking. There's okay. a lot of that. And I'm trying to think of the other ones, but I mean, I'm really involved in, in, I mean, you know, we have, we do have writers and they do come up with little jokes and little, uh, zingers for us to pitch it at each other, which is fun. Um, but the idea of it is there are certain things in it that are, you know, left open to us to just play. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you see that a lot in the the the, uh, the game show segment with Pepe. I mean, there's just a lot of lateral territory there for Bill to just yes. do what he does with Pepe and do it. And he does it so well with Pepe. It, it works yeah. fantastically. It really does. Yeah, that's a, that was a fun uh, piece of the show, too, because, you know, you've got a game. Again, you have people that are coming in from who knows where. They're just game show contestants and uh, and. And we're try not to tell them anything just so that they would be as real as possible. I, I was w wondering how much of how, how aware the, these uh, quote unquote contestants were of what they're going to be subjected to. I, I'm not or, sure. And I'm, I'm actually not sure who I, I don't think that they knew who was going to win. I don't remember <laughs> knowing. I think that was just literally uh, uh, probably Bill's whim. Uh, or Pepe's whim, and and uh, I think that's. I mean, maybe they had discussions. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure that the that the game show, show rules really apply for this particular show. I don't know. I don't think there's any rules I apply to besides <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything goes. It's like, yeah, it's like on one of them that they're yeah you know, it has the, the contestants painting each other with makeup. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just hysterical. And then Miss Piggy comes in, and. Eric's reaction to that, what happened to you? Someone locked the doors. Yeah. I mean, I, it had me in hysterics. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I mean, it, it is, it is, it was fun to make, you know, and, and uh, we had great guest stars that, that were game to play as well as our contestants, but we had great guest stars that were along for the ride and they were all down to play, which was fun. Yeah, oh, like even some of the, the Swedish chef ones. Um, for me, that segment got better as it went on. Mm -hmm. um, the first one, it was okay. I I, I see this thing. Um, yeah. The the uh, the MC of the segment really does steal the show. Um, but yeah. the second one, though, I mean, that one's hitting the the ground running. Uh, was that the, that's the one with um, uh, Tergio? Uh, oh, Treo, Danny Treo. Yes, Danny Treo. Thank you. Oh, with the tacos, yes. Yes, the yeah. taco, and just the idea. Okay, Swedish Chef needs to come up with something, so he grabs a mole, wraps it in a shell, <laughs> and just subjects it. Yeah. To, the mole's just happy, just so, sour oh, cream oh, on it. I think. Oh yes. Well, thank you. This is very nice. Yeah. 
cozy. Um, I think he said something. It's cozy or something. I don't know. It's but it's fun. It's a you know, and that's that zany Muppet humor that everybody loves. And we tried to infuse that as often as we could into the show. It 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 does it plays off so well. Um, something that Mike said that you guys had a lot of fun doing this. And oh yeah, it it comes across because and I've said this with a lot of other shows. You can tell when a cast is having fun doing something. You can tell when a cast is just showing up. Yeah. And when a cast is, um, when a cast is showing up, that it's you know it, it, the energy isn't there. But when they're having fun. It just keeps going, and it is fantastic. I agree. I I think, and we all were having fun. It's the thing about uh, that I love about my job is that one of the things I love, I get to laugh all day long. You know, I mean, these are my my very good friends that I get to work with, and we're just laughing and trying to make each other laugh, and and it makes the work environment just a joy. It really does. And it's. Uh, it seems to me that you guys have almost kind of, it's gone back to it now where the Muppets, it, it's a real full crew now that you guys are together on Sesame Street and then go on to do the Muppets. Whereas that, there was sort of, for a while, it was kind of divided where there was the Muppet Show crew and the Sesame Street crew with maybe Jerry and Jim and Frank going and maybe Richard a little bit going back and forth between the two. But now it's a full crew of, you know, you and Eric and Peter. Uh, and, da- and David Rudman. Yeah, four of us hop hop over and do the Disney Muppets, yeah. And are both. Yeah. And, and I think that you, you can kind of feel that, that that camaraderie is now back, I guess, or is, is now present. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. It's, it's, you know, I've now, looking back, I've worked with some of these guys for 20 over 22 years now which is a long time uh but it's it's been a great ride and i've been having the time of my life i'm so grateful for what i get to do matt that's almost how long that we've been working together really yeah i just met you oh you're again you're talking to uh, matt. sorry i just you guys have been you guys have uh been working and you've known each other for 22 years or so 15 15 actually. yeah 15 it feels close. like 20. <laughs> <laughs> I don't age well. I don't age well on people. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. Um. It, it is brilliant. You know, not only the camaraderie, but like you said, the chemistry. Yeah. The chemistry between, you know, that that you guys build and that you know each other so well that you can pull off stuff that you know improvisation. Yeah. I do speak for a living occasionally. <laughs> uh, the improv part of it works out sometimes so well or even better because you just know each other and you know what's going to push the other person. Yeah, um, I agree with that. It does. We're we're we are better because we know each other so well. And uh, having a group that's tight like ours, uh, whether it's on Sesame Street or whether it's with the Disney Muppets, is uh, it's kind of one of the magic tricks, one of the keys. One of the secret ingredients to making us successful, I think. Um, I know you're pressed for time, and I just I would be amiss if I did not bring up uh, again below the frame, uh, which was ah, something yes. you were doing on Facebook a little while ago. Oh, and uh, yeah, one reason or another, you know, you, you now you are switching it now to a po- full-on podcast. So where are we going to be able to hear that I, in 
where can we expect? Well, you're going to be able to hear it wherever your podcast needs are met. Wherever that is. Excellent. Uh, when uh, August 12th is the first episode, and uh, we'll be talking to Stephanie DeBruzzo. And uh, it's been really fun. We, me, I'll be talking to Stephanie DeBruzzo. It's been a lot of fun to put together because I've had some time. I've had time. <laughs> I've had some months to put this together, which is great because when we did it on Facebook Live, it was literally live over our lunch breaks and we were trying to put this thing on as quickly as we could and still maybe eat a bite of food and so it became a little bit to set. yeah yeah and then get and then you know we had pr stuff and other things that we had to do during lunch pre-records who knows what so it just became difficult it became you know not as fun but it was still fun to do so we decided i decided that we'd do this as a podcast, it has a little bit of a, a format where it's just a, it's just an in-depth interview with uh, a Muppet performer or uh, a writer. I talked to Jim Lewis uh, or uh, uh, Muppet Wranglers. I talked to some Muppet Wranglers. Uh, there are fake ads in it for things that you need if you are a puppeteer like arm rods or <laughs> live hands or um, lip sync, good lip sync. There's little ads for that. And then we also have a, a, a section – on some episodes, when we don't have fake ads, we are going to talk about Jerry Nelson. And I'm very excited about that because I, I have something kind of special that we're going to share of Jerry's that has never been shared before. And so uh, it's going to be really cool. And I'm excited about it. Well, I'll make sure to link it on my Facebook uh, page for everybody. I'll even put it out on Twitter so that way people are awesome. knowing it. it's about next week or so. Yeah, a couple uh, weeks. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <Time> <laughs> <lapse>. <laughs> Yes. I, I do have to apologize. I know you did one on Carol's retirement. I yeah. haven't been able to bring myself to watch that yet. Uh, it's okay. It's really good. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's really I, nice. I, I, it. No, I, and I mean in the best of ways that I just, I know it's going to bring out the, the emotions in me and I'll probably start crying. I, I can admit at this point in my life of, you know, I'm not too proud to cry, and I just wasn't ready to to you know go through those emotions. I mean, I still watch the 1978 Christmas special every year. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, that's a, what I saw in the past that you did was excellent. So I'm really looking forward to what you guys have coming forward on that. Uh, you bringing in uh, Leonard's uh, buddy Marty Robinson. Yes, I talked to Marty and. Uh, and you know we've got uh, we've I've got a group of uh, mentees that are that are young performers that are kind of up and coming and that we are kind of bringing along. Marty and I are bringing them along on the Sesame Street side, and uh, they are kind of our our cast of uh, our kind of our fake ad players. And so they are performing the ads along with like Marty is in them and uh, you know Tyler Bunch and Stephanie DeBruzzo kind of lend a hand uh, every once in a while as well. And so yeah, it's great. The conversation with Marty is so much fun. Oh, excellent. Well, I have a three, four-year-old coming in bothering me. Oh, that's, well, you know, that's, that's, that's what being a dad is, I guess. You have five <laughs> kids. You know how it is. I know how it is. I'm surprised that nobody's come in here yet, but they're probably off playing video games. You'll they, see what that's like soon enough. Mine were. They just decided to come in anyway. <laughs> And now I got him what he wanted and he left. 
<laughs> um, Matt Vogel, thank you so much for everything. This this has been fantastic. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, I know you're a very busy guy, so yeah. the fact that you're able to take some time. Um, for all of our listeners, where can they find you? I know you're out there on the socials and stuff, so um, where yeah. can they find you? Well, I've got a website. It's mattvogel.com that I don't update ever. I have a Twitter and an Instagram at uh, welcome Matt V. That's welcome Matt with two V, two T's and one V. Welcome Matt V. And then uh, below the frame, we have an Instagram that's uh, at below the frame, and on Twitter, it's at below frame. But you get all the same information there that you'll get from welcome Matt V. Great, thank you, thank you so much, Matt. You have anything? Uh... Leonard, anything last to uh No, I'm 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 tapped. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thanks. I want to thank both our guests, Matt Leonard and of course Matt Vogel for joining us this week and talking about Matt Vogel's career and Muppets Now and Sesame Street and all those wonderful things. What are your thoughts on Muppets Now? One episode is out, another one is on its way shortly. What do you think of the show? You heard our thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. Join the conversation on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast or our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Find us also on the Twitter, at Disney Marvels. You can shout it out there. You can also email the show with any of your answers, suggestions, or thoughts to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message through the Anchor app or Web Anchor website. Links to all these are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have and how crazy everything has been. And the fact that you're taking some of this time some of your time, limited time, and spending it with us means so much to me. And I really can't thank you enough. But I can, I need to ask you some more favors. I apologize. But please, tell your friends. Tell them, you know, shout it out, put it out on their Facebook or Twitter, whatever, Instagram, whatever you're on. And put it out there, so, you know, check out this show that, you know, Disney Marvels, they got a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of cool people that have been on. You know, check them out. Make sure you know, spread the word. Because the bigger this Disney family is, the better. Walt believed in a big Disney family, and so do I. Also, even better, go to iTunes. Go on iTunes. Give us a good rating. You know, you could leave a comment there too. That really helps get the show notes. We, I mean, we're doing great with the five star ratings. Please keep it going. Um, you know, the more five star ratings, the more people are going to get to find out about this show. And it only takes a quick couple of clicks there. And, uh, it really, it means so much that so many of you have given us a five star rating. Um, I, I can't say enough. But one last thing, because I can't say enough, is, um, yeah, we're coming close to our hundredth episode, our centennial episode. And I want to hear from you. I wanted to hear from you about well, either some of your favorite moments over these, these past hundred episodes or, you know, just a, a say congratulations or a hi or, or something. So either 
if you want, just email email me a message through uh, DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or, which I would be even greater because then I can play it on the show, send me a message, a, a voice message. Either record one on your phone and you can send it to that email address. Or, again, you go to the Anchor uh, website and do it through there. Either way, I would love, love to make you a part of my 100th episode, or our 100th episode. So, please, please, send me your uh, send me your wishes or favorite moments, all right? Whatever you want. Just keep it clean. While you're also doing all this other stuff, don't forget to subscribe to the shows. This way you always know when new episodes are posted. And while you're at it, consider becoming a premium subscriber to the show so you can help us out, um, help pay for the keeping the lights on. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support or on our Patreon page where you can get some cool stuff back in return. The links are also in the show notes because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Hey. As crazy as everything is going on now, and it, it just... One thing after another after another, and the uncertain times just keep going, and it can really seem overwhelming. Don't let it do that. Don't let it make you feel like you're not worth it, or that that it's all darkness because there isn't. And you know where that light is? The light is inside of you. You grab hold of that light. It will warm you up. It will heal you, and it will consume you. And you will be a light, you will be a beacon. Be your own hero. Don't give up. Don't ever give up, or ever give in. Keep moving forward. Believe in yourself, like I believe in you. Now I'd like to end this week with a quote from Walt Disney himself. Out of our years of experimenting and experience, we learned one basic thing about bringing pleasure and knowledge to people of all ages and conditions, which goes to the very roots of public communication. That is this, the power of relating fact as well as fable in story form. Again, that's from Walt Disney. I want to thank you again, and I'll see you next time.